0: Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of the Paradigm 132 Podcast, and I am your humble and gracious host, Rashad Horn. And on today's episode, I will be talking about numbers, uh, statistics, right? One of the, the things that I'm sure we all have heard is that numbers don't lie, right? And truer words have never been spoken, right? However, a misrepresentation of said numbers can be a lie, right? Can be a lie. Um, as you noticed, or if I've not mentioned it, I am reading Thomas Sowell, Dr. Thomas Sowell's book uh, entitled Discrimination and Disparities. And reading it, I feel doesn't me reading it doesn't. uh, I can't really say it's doing it justice because I'm really engulfing uh, the information that's being has been presented in this particular book. Um, I ran across probably up until this particular point my favorite chapter of the book It's called "The World of Numbers," and I'll say that based on a lot of the the talking points. A lot of the ideals uh, that Dr. Uh, Doctor Soul has if gone to my head. Well, I don't even want to just say, I don't even want to have to take it to that particular extreme. Uh, a lot of the ideals and points that he make, I feel that he's more of a conservative-minded thinking uh, individual, which a lot of African-Americans are um, conservative in their thinking. Um, they just... <laughs> Choose not to align with it in the grander scheme of things for for whatever reason, right? So I just wanted to touch on a few things from this particular chapter that I thought were, I thought they were quite interesting, um, actually, I thought they were quite interesting. And the reason I thought they were quite interesting is because I, I hear these talking points, I hear these talking points right now and a lot of references to things of getting people to get behind a particular agenda because of numbers that are not lying. However, the numbers are being misrepresented and they're not being put in the correct context so that these particular numbers, um, they're going to look different, right? They're going to look different. Um, So I'm going to start first with Household income. Right. So one of the things that I've seen and I can't necessarily say I remember it verbatim as it was spoken. But I do recall it being referenced to as it pertains to household incomes of how the household incomes of um, white Americans are this said number. Whereas the household income of blacks are this particular number, right? So, obviously, these numbers are not lying, right? They are statisticians, right? (laughs) And my my country vernacular uh, doesn't coincide with me trying to use certain words, right? So, and I'm not going to say it again. So, we have individuals that collect data, right? And they publish their findings, right? So, it's up to you to do with the data what it is that you choose. If you choose to um, be half-hearted with the information, when I say half-hearted, I mean you only want to present information that fits your talking point. You don't want to fit information that kind of um, coincides with it to make this make this thing whole. It's up to you, All right? So. One of the things that we hear is uh top twenty percent make more than the bottom twenty percent right so one of the things about it is that um Dr Thomas o says census date back date census data. I'm reading this from the book census data from two thousand and two showed that there were forty million people in the bottom twenty percent of households and sixty nine million people in the top twenty percent of households. Such facts are usually omitted in statistics about disparities in income now, I will say. Um census data from two thousand and twelve is quite interesting. One of the things that we notice is that we get uh census information every ten years, right? So it's two thousand twenty one. So we recall that they took census uh back in two thousand and twenty. Uh there was a lot of let's <laughs> just say a lot of intrigue, uh a lot of uh theatrics uh surrounded it. Under the, uh, Trump admitted, under the Trump administration, right? Um, so obviously prior to that, we had census in 2010, and prior to 2010, we had census in the year 2000. So um, this particular information that he's bringing up is information that was from the census that was roughly 20 years ago. Now, can 20-year-old data still be valid Well, sure. Sure. But without an updated, so to speak, um, data, I really cannot necessarily say that this is a potential, that this particular information is still accurate to this particular point. But what I will say, because what we're talking about is we're talking about, excuse me, what we're talking about is a difference of 29 million people, right? So can the bottom 20% gain another 29 million people to tie the top 69%. Maybe, but even if, even if that's the case, then we, we have to agree that the 69 million is already at the top that that particular number will increase as well. Right? So without finite or without the exact numbers, we'll just, we can reference, um, I feel like we can potentially use this particular information for the point that's being brought about, right? So obviously, common sense point: there are more people at the top making money than there are the people at the bottom, right? Of course, the top twenty are going to make more because you have twenty nine more, you have twenty nine million more people that are being included in said number. So even if it was a set, even if it was a scenario in which the bottom twenty percent which are at forty were making more per year than the sixty nine million, the sixty nine million was still winning out because they're simply more people, right? There are more people. So this is kinda how this is kinda how that goes, right? So um, but this is what this now he moved on. And he goes from the census to he goes to the Bureau of Labor Statistics, right? And this was from 2015. The Bureau of Labor Statistics, and I'm reading this from the book, indicated that there were now over 36 million more people in the top quintile than in the bottom quintile, right? So obviously, what does that mean? That means that there are more people making more money at the top than there are at the bottom. Now we can we can we can realize this. We can we can we can find this out quite quite easily, right? Especially as it pertains to our particular community because a lot of this information and I don't know if this stuff is regional because obviously they can you know, they have regional uh advertisements and stuff like that and you know with the algorithms and Google and all this stuff, they can show you commercials and analytics and all this particular stuff that um are regional or that fit your particular demographic of people right and so one of the things that we notice is that um or one of the things that they put in our face is that between 80 and 85 percent of all black households are led by single mothers right and i talked about i talked about that particular uh statistic on one of my previous podcasts when we talked about the morninghand report right and how that this rise in um the father's or, or the black family structure being destroyed, um, was going to have um, irreversible ramifications on the black family, right? And so these are some of those particular ramifications, right? Um, so now I'm getting into what I thought that was really interesting about the information that he gave when it pertains to households, right? So this is what's interesting, right? I'm reading this from the book. Uh, it says, "The Bureau of Census pointed out more than half a century ago, the number of American households has been increasing faster than the number of people." Let me read that again, just in case, because <laughs> sometimes you know, when someone reads something, I like for them to repeat it back to me because I may have then pick it up the first time, right? The Bureau of Census pointed out more than half a century ago, the number of American households has been increasing faster than the number of people. So what does that mean? That means that more people are claiming, and let's just in, to use a tax term, head of household. right? Then there are people. Like, well, what does that mean? I don't, I don't quite understand. What it means is that more people are striking out on their own, right? Because what's going on here is we have a uh, a situation where there's people who opt to live alone, right? And again, if we bring it back to our particular community in which there are 80 to 85% of all black households led by uh, single black mothers, then obviously what does that mean? That means that there are going to be more single people that are going to be head of households, right? So you have more households, similar to you have people based on um, the Bureau of Census, right? So basically, so basically, what he's saying in short, American households tend to contain fewer persons per household over time, a, a trend continuing into the 21st century, right? So, so what does that mean, right? So, obviously, you know, we've heard in the olden days, and we've heard uh, most people say, uh, you know, we lived at, you know, your aunt and your uncle lived here and your cousin. You know, you may have in excess of 20, 15, 20 people, you know. We've heard those particular stories. Oh, I had eight brothers and nine sisters. I was the youngest, right? So, you got that many people living in there, and you may have your your aunt and your uncle. Nowadays, that is crazy, to hear a person say that there's 17 people living in the house more or less people are not even reproducing at that particular level anymore but there are more households right and so another thing that they that they get you especially with this household thing is that you can have two households right two parents two children but if you don't get to the age of the children, you don't get into the employment status of the parents, then all you're doing is saying that um, house A is making 60,000 a year. House B is making 40,000, right? House A, both parents could be working to make that 60, right? House B may just have one parent working. So and then let's say House A has a child is of age to start working for themselves to make a additional 20. So now we're at 80. So this household is making double that of House B. But unless we're putting all the statistics and all of the numbers on a particular table, we'll just look at it and say, well, golly, it must be some type of issue that House B is making far less than House A without without putting it on a, a magnifying glass to realize, oh, there are three eligible workers in this house and all three eligible workers are working. There are three eligible workers to work in this house, but only one of them are working, right? But that particular issue is not, you know, it's not brought up, right? So um, he went down and he used a a, a, a great example uh, honestly uh, by way of two roommates right So this is what he said uh, verbatim from the book. If for example each of the two tenants had an income of twenty thousand a year initially and later both reach an income of thirty thousand a year leading to each living in a separate apartment afterwards. So what is so basically what he's saying is we made 20 together. That's forty thousand per house in, in in our household, right? However, both of us get a a raise to thirty thousand, and then we opt to live together. I mean, we opt to get our separate thing, right? So in reality, that household has lost ten thousand dollars a piece because together you had forty, but now separately you have thirty. And with that 30, that doesn't mean that you're gonna be living better than when it was both of y'all there making twenty. All right. So let me continue. That will mean a fall in the household income for these individuals from forty thousand a year to thirty thousand dollars a year, right? So obviously again getting back to getting back to that standpoint, right? So is it fair? Let's go back to house A, right? So let's say House A again has four people in there working. Three eligible people are three eligible people that can work. All three eligible people are working, making a combined salary of eighty thousand. You have a person that has a head of household, one person in there, one person working making thirty. Again, they're not divvying it up. They're not giving you all of these particular statistics. All it is saying is household. It's not talking about. How many eligible workers this household has? Not telling you where these particular people work at It's just talking about household income. And then they may throw in all this other other stuff. Oh, well, you know, house aid. Um, both parents are college educated and all this particular stuff like this. You know, they all throw stuff on there like that. When in reality, you know, just because you're college educated does not mean that you you are guaranteed to make more than that one person that's in that particular house because that one person in that particular household could be running a multi-million dollar business, right? So, again, when all the variables are not put on the table, you can half-heartedly put this information out of you, right? So, he goes on to say, there will now be two low-income households instead of one, right? So, notice that. So, even with the 40 combined it's still considered low income but now two of y'all are working um, well y'all've got a raise and instead of looking at the raise as a way of increasing household income from 40 to 60 you rather go and move out live by yourself rip up to 30 make it harder on yourself right so those those are some of the things that that are seemingly at play uh, with this entire uh, household income um, shtick, right? So it's another uh, interesting thing that I wanted to talk about. Uh, let me get to this page, right? Okay, here it is. Errors of commission, right? Commission, commission. We can we can most we can most. Um, Say commission uh, coincides with income, right? Making money from something, right? Make a commission off of something, right? So another thing that he talked about in this particular book, and it kind of and I I kind of alluded to it when I said that the single person could be making could be coming from a multi could could be the owner of a multi-million dollar business, right? So one of the things that he talks about is that and we'll just we'll just I'll just read it from the book, right said other errors of commission well, how about this i just I just read this whole little thing right says statistical errors of commission include lumping together data on things that are fundamentally different, such as salaries and capital gains, producing numbers that are simply called income, but calling things by the same word does not make them the same things, right. Well, we can we 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 can see that right there, right? We got one O N E, which signifies the number one, and then we got one W O N, which means that victory, right? So it's the same word; it's two different meanings. All right, same word. So while capital gains, dividends, uh, passive rental, you know, credit even, that can be lumped into income, right? Whereas a person could just be hourly or have be an hourly wage earner and that falls into the category of income, right? So he's basically saying that that, that, you know, that presents an issue uh, in that of itself because again, We could have, like I said, House A making $80,000 with three eligible workers. And all these people could be um, hourly wage earners where uh, we could have we could we could introduce House C with three eligible workers again. But one of the eligible workers is a salaried employee. And has a massive stock portfolio. and they utilize instead of reinvesting their dividends, they take the cash because the dividends are paying you know so well and you know they'll just tax the income and stuff like that. So they'll make their salary, then they're getting paid dividends or if they didn't want the dividends, maybe they have a rental income that comes in, right? So again, This particular household may, again, with three eligible workers, let's say House C, is right at half a million dollars. So obviously, of course, House C is going to look way better than House A. And you could even say, well, all three, both houses, all three eligible workers are working. But you're not telling us, you're not putting it out there that House C has additional income by way of stocks, by way of rental property, by way of a small family business that they own, right? That that net worth is going to be more so uh, higher than, than than A, right? And so what ended up happening is we'll say, okay, well, that's, you know, that's a disparity. When in actuality, it's not a disparity. It's just a misrepresentation of numbers. It's a misrepresentation of information. We shouldn't compare it, right? Um, Alligators, not alligators, crocodiles and hippos share the same environment in the water. But no one is going to classify and say that they're the same, which is what ends up happening with these particular numbers when they start to try to apply them to fit whatever agenda it is that they want to try to convey and create a bias amongst the people that follow, right? One of the things that I notice in my travels, and I'm up here acting like I'm, I, I just got all type of, I just travel. Like, nah, my, you know, again, my 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 business that I'm involved in, my, my, my truck business. I go I go to a lot of different um, areas, right? Go to you know the north. I go don't go too far west. I don't really go too far east. Even though I have gone, um, I've gone much further east. I've gone west, right? Um, South, you know, everywhere everywhere in between. And one of the things that I I tell anybody is that you can notice the uh, mindset of the people if you walk into a diner or a restaurant or something, they have television in there and they're not watching sports. It's either going to be on CNN, it's going to be on Fox. And so, based on what you see on. Which news outlet they're tuned into, it will give you a heads up of the type of people that you're dealing with, right? Obviously, if you're dealing with, if you're watching people are watching Fox News, uh, they're gonna be a little bit more conservative, right? A lot more um, anti-government, right? And then if you, you know, you go watch CNN, they're gonna be a lot more liberal, right? They're gonna be wondering why the government isn't doing more. Like they should be doing more to, uh, stop, um, racial, uh, disparities, do more to stop the, the income gap should do more to stop the killing of unarmed black men by police officers, right? All these particular different things like this, right? Which, um, just to interject for a quick second, um, my next week's podcast, again, is going to be coming from, uh, this particular book right here, and I'm going to talk about, um, natural selection, right, and I'm not, and so, but I, I just say that I'm going to talk about natural selection, right, and how, um, he talks about basically how people without the interference of outside factors, i.e. the government, that they can make up their own minds and they can go about their way in the way that they need to go. Now, obviously, I'm going to, I'm going to delve a little bit deeper in it, right? I do a little bit more research on it, but let's just stay on the topic uh, at hand right now, right? So where were we, right? So again, we got household A, got household C, right? Three eligible workers in both households. Household C is running laps around household A. And they'll say, "Well, it's a disparity, right? It's a disparity." But well, in actuality, again, the numbers are not being um, utilized correctly, right? And even when household A was compared to household B, when the household B had three eligible workers, but they only had one worker that was working, that's not fair, right? So basically, again, what Doctor Soul is, is 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 trying to convey, which is one of the the Um, skills that is going to be in high demand moving forward is the ability to critical think and basically use common sense. Right? You're not going to compare a hippo and a crocodile. Even though they're in the same environment, you're not going to compare a lion to a giraffe. Even though they're in the same environment, you're not going to compare a hyena to a beetle even though they're in the same environment. You're not going to compare it. Why? Because there are distinct differences that have to be taken into account before you can put forth information, right? So it's amazing that we can do this in reference to any particular thing in nature. We can do it with cars. We can do it with appliances, Right, a toaster is a toaster, a washer is a washer, a dryer is a dryer, a microwave is a microwave, and so on and so on. But only when we're trying to invoke thought, and when we're trying to get individuals to maybe follow us, that is when we want to group things together. And make it seem like that this all is on an even footing when in actuality, in reality, it's not, right? Um, so, like I said, I'm, I already talked about what we're going to talk about uh, on next week's podcast. And then um, another podcast, I want to talk about how, um, I don't want to give too much away, right? But I'm, um, the next couple of podcasts are going to be coming from this book, this, uh, Discrimination uh, and Disparities, right? So, like, I think this is a great book, man. Um, and again, what I love about it, right, is like um, I did I wasn't introduced, I wasn't, I didn't fall back in love with reading by starting with this particular book. I started, I fell back in love with reading um, based on um, learning from Dr. Claude Anderson and Dr. Amos Wilson, uh, Dr. Boris Watkins, reading their information, right, but. One of the things that I've said in the past podcast before is something that I first heard it. And I'm just saying where I first heard. I'm not going to say that he coined this particular phrase because this is a law school uh, phrase. It's like, um, don't argue unless you can argue both sides. Right. And so what do I mean by that? Right. So obviously. The ideology of a Dr. Claude Anderson, a Dr. Amos Wilson is different than that of a Dr. Thomas Soul or a Dr. Walter Williams. It's a difference, right? But one of the things that I've realized in reading both works and listening to all groups of people talking is that they all end up getting to the same finish line, right? Right? They they they, they, they take different paths to get there. They all end up, they all end up at the at the same finish line. But my thing about it is I want to look at why Each one of you took the road that you took to get there, because I feel like if you can take what they have over here with Dr. Claude Anderson and compare it with what um, Dr. Thomas Sowell says, I think that that can be a a, a, a guide that can kind of help pushing things forward. Right. But anyway. That's the end of this episode of the podcast. So um, if you haven't already, uh, make sure you subscribe. And oh, yeah. And uh, from a visual standpoint, I'm getting my, my set up together, um, setting up a green screen and stuff like that to get, you know, get some things going so it can be um, visual. So um, just stay just be on the lookout for that. Right. Just be on the lookout for that. Anyway, that's another episode of Paradigm 132 Podcast. We'll be back to you again next week. Peace.